Welcome to The Pillars, the podcast of the 363rd ISR Wing of the United States Air Force. I'm Dr. Jerry Walker. On The Pillars, we like to talk about a brief resilience topic to help you practically fix any issue that you may have in your personal or professional life and help you finish a better wingman, airman, and leader. So today, we are joined by Travis, who is a member of the 43rd Intelligence Squadron at Cannon Air Force Base in Clovis, New Mexico. And we ran into him while we were here visiting our, our unit, and um, he, he recognized us from uh, you know previous times in the Air Force. Um, and so he was telling us these uh, you know great story about uh, his career path and some things that um, you know he, we've been working on in you know previous assignments and things like that. And so wanted it to give him this opportunity to share uh, some story about who he is and um, you know what his experiences has been with the Airman Resilience Team of the 363rd ISR Wing. So uh, with that said, Travis, welcome. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks for thanks for being with us. So um, can you tell me a bit about you know, who you are, where you're from, what led you to join the Air Force? Uh, well, uh, my name is Travis. Uh, I'm originally from, uh, originally born Luke Air Force Base. I'm a military brat. Okay. Uh, call Stazel, South Carolina home. Um, joined the military out of there. I've uh, been in for about the last 18 years. Oh, wow. On my eighth duty assignment and 14th different weapon system. Okay. Um, and, yeah. Wow. So have you been stationed at Cannon previously? Uh, I have. Um, I did a little bit of time at Cannon and PCS for about three, almost three years. And then uh, Big Air Force said, we need you back. And I'm back around too. Okay. So, so you get to come back home, huh? Back home. <laughs> almost nothing's changed. Right on. Right on. Okay. Well, what led to you joining the Air Force? You said you're an Air Force brat. Did that play a role in it? Uh, a little bit. Um, I was actually never really good at school. Okay. So I want to do like a lot of people. I was like, all right, I need a quick job. Thought my dad's uh, line of work was would be easy. So I just said, I'm going to go sign up for the Air Force one day. Okay. And I went and did it without my family's permission. And um, <laughs> the look on their face was quite entertaining. That's awesome. So I actually did it because, again, wasn't a fan of school. But little did I know, for the last 18 years, I would be learning and teaching at the same time. <laughs> Yeah, it's a nice little irony, right? You, you think that, you know, I'll just join the Air Force. I'll I get to do this job and there won't be any kind of training or education yes. as a part of that, right? I didn't think it would be that much. <laughs> and and uh, how long was your training pipeline? My pipeline was actually only six weeks. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, that's uh, that's nice. I know um, some folks we've been talking to this week, you know, they got like one or two years. Mm-hmm. It's pretty pretty crazy. But but it doesn't stop there. Absolutely not. Um, the one thing with my job as an aviation resource manager, is the six weeks doesn't really cover all of the what we do sure. so it's not until we get to our units that we actually do our no kidding on the job so everything we do is live we have to so we can't throttle back at any time mm-hmm. we're learning and realize that what we're managing that uh, plays importance to someone's career to someone's life to someone's family okay so so there's a lot of importance attached to what you do not only that you get it right but you're able to do it quickly because you know, as, as you're working there's more things coming in absolutely. all the time so so you got to learn on the job you got to learn quick and just keep going absolutely that sounds like it can get pretty stressful at times always always because we're not subject matter experts in anything we knew we go into uh coming here to the 43rd it's a completely different environment from all my previous units that i've worked in okay so it's i couldn't be complacent in how i did business in one squadron i had to relearn all over again so in a short period of time with the mission still continuously going i don't have that same that that time to just study take time off and study 
I have to figure it out as on the spot. So it does get a little bit stressful. A lot of mental exhaustion come into the day. Oh yeah, definitely. And you have to learn how to be adaptable and how to manage the stress. Absolutely. So uh, for you, what was something that was really helpful in um, helping with that mental adaptability and that mental clarity? Oh, wow. Um, what really started, I have to say a lot of my mentors, a lot of my teachers were big in helping me, guiding me in a way to, this is how you manage these things. This is how you learn these things. Um, you need those resources that to kind of help you out to figure out that path you need to be on. Um, so having those and now finding those people in different, different pillars, um, for me, I found it, especially in faith. Okay. Um, I definitely just chose to get back into that after being after a large gap, got back into it and just found a whole entire community that was very supportive. Got me on the track of, you know what? I found church to be just a place I can re- just release my stress a little bit. Okay. So, so if I'm hearing you right, you, um, for some period of time, were neglecting your spiritual pillar. Absolutely. And, and so that was, you know, maybe not directly impacting you, but it wasn't there when you were really stressed out and maybe could have relied on that some and, and your faith in particular, Absolutely. um, to, to help you through some of those tough times. So, um, getting back involved with a, a religious community, um, that was your way of building back up your spiritual pillar and, and having that, that, you know, for when you needed it later on. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, that's just one, uh, when I, I spent many years playing rugby also, oh, nice. um, you seem like a big rugby guy. <laughs> I was, I was, um, fortunately the size kept with me. Unfortunately didn't actually, it's now it's going every other direction. <laughs> uh, the hard part about it was that the body obviously doesn't hold hold up. So uh, here I am at 37 years old. And after being definitely sick and being diagnosed with allergies, I went from being this, you know, hard charging rugby player to a guy where huff and puff and just going upstairs. Um, and that's where you got to also at, get the right help to keep that physical going because without having your body good to go, your body's the machine that's getting you in and out every day. The mind, you know, your physical fitness affects the mind from top to bottom. Absolutely. So you have to keep yourself in shape, clarity, mental readiness. And it's like, okay, I'm ready for whatever we got. What's the challenge? It may be something just reading. It may be, we have to move some stuff. So or de- even deploying. Absolutely. And I think you, what you hit on is key that in taking care of yourself physically, you're actually taking care of yourself mentally. And, and there's a lot of, um, you know, connections that, you know, myself as a psychologist in my field in general in psychology, we look at, uh, the mind body connection. I mean, they absolutely interact and affect each other. And so if you're not doing what you need to do from a, you know, mental health standpoint, you can actually suffer physically and vice versa. If you're not taking care of your body, if you're eating fat, food all day. If you're not working out, you're not, uh, you know, getting enough sleep or portioning enough time for sleep. Um, you're gonna, you're gonna feel pretty crappy too. You know, make, may find yourself feeling more depressed or anxious. Absolutely. It can just add to the stress, right? <laughs> it, it, it all builds up. And, uh, you know, for a lot of us, we kind of bottled all that stress in sometimes and just like, we can get past it. We can push it. We'll be fine. We are kind of almost sometimes, I don't want to say we're raised like that, but it's kind of the mentality we sometimes develop. And then we get to a breaking point where it's just, we can't contain it. And then that's where we find that breakdown because we haven't developed those tools needed to take care of yourself. That, that, that's a great point. 
Um, and I think that's a big part of the reason why big air force is, is pushing these airman resilience teams, um, into Intel units. So, so folks who can help identify the guys who are struggling and help give them some coping resources and, and help build them up before they get to that breaking point. And one of the initiatives that, uh, our airman resilience team has been, uh, trying out for the 363rd ISR wing, which I believe you benefited, uh, from in the past uh-huh. is something called float therapy. And, uh, I was wondering if you could tell us a bit about your experience with the float tank and, um, you know, what that was like for you personally. Um, I'll give you a little bit of background on how I just kind of got into it, if you don't mind. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, so a couple of, about a couple of years ago in a previous unit, um, definitely hit some stressors. Before, I used to think everything was a work stressor or a personal stressor. Uh, and that's where I came to learn that it's all just, we talk work life, work life, personal life. It's all just one life. One impacts the other. Um, I, found, I, I found myself at a place that it was dark. It was like being on the edge of a pit. Um, I could not tell you. If I was going to be around the next day. Okay. Um, with that, I didn't know what to do. Um, I was very fortunate embedded within our unit. We had our own medical technician, mm-hmm. um, like an individual who at first I thought we would never get along. Um, we'd never really talked, but come to find out him and I had both had a background working with battlefield airmen. Um, so we knew a lot of the same people. Okay. Um, so he made sure to, he started to get me introduced. Um, two resources because he knew he wasn't the right resource to get me the right immediate help. Um, one of the resources that he introduced me to was flotation therapy for the stresses I was going through. And it was kind of interesting because when you get told about it the first time, it's like, are you trying to sell me something here? What's going on? <laughs> right. I looked at him very skeptical, but he's like, just trust me. This isn't going to cost you anything. Just go with it. Um, so, so for the people listening, maybe don't have the visual. What is a what, what's a float tank? So a float tank, um, tank or pod is think of a large, maybe a box. Um, it, I've seen them shaped like guitar picks. It's about it has about a foot of water in it, and roughly about somewhere between nine hundred to thousand pounds of Epsom salt in there. Um, and what happens is you'll get in the door. You'll close the doors, which have no locks on it. So you don't have to worry about being locked in or trapped. Um, then it's just the lights are out, no sound. And your brain isn't having to focus on trying to process this standing, sitting images. Your body is already naturally floating in this water and now it's relaxed. So no, no sensory input, right? No, no sensory auditory, visual or tactile information coming in. So your brain's like, Oh, I get to relax. Absolutely. The, uh, the first time was, uh, definitely very interesting. Um, because I was like a lot of people, you sit there and you have that image of someone just like stiff as a board Okay. because it's kind of <laughs> like, you, I haven't let my body go. You're still holding a lot of still, tension. Yeah. Still holding the tension. Cause I'm probably afraid that I'm going to just sink into it. Okay. <laughs> so I finally got around to my second flow and I was like, okay. And I found myself more like a marionette, yeah. just kind of relaxed in the water. Okay. And, um, with that, you know, your body is absorbing all the magnesium and everything. And just, yeah. uh, my first float lasted for one hour and it was kind of crazy because the feeling I got was, it was like just my face was kind of floating mm. in space. I was so relaxed. Sounds kind of trippy. It, it was very trippy. The first, <laughs> it was very trippy. Uh, the first, uh, two or three times. Okay. Um, and I didn't realize an hour went by, but when I got out, it was the best feeling in the world at that moment. I was relaxed. All 
my stressors that I was thinking about on the way up for the trip, just gone. Wow. And I just looked around and I'm there with those who also had those same stresses and we're all just, we're having relaxed. We're enjoying each other's company. We took some advice and um, that same med tech said, go to bed an hour earlier and let me know how you wake, how you feel, how your sleep feels the next day. Okay. And it was probably the best sleep I had had in as far long as I could remember. Wow. It really was. And how long did that, that sense of relaxation last for? Um, I would say that lasted for up a, probably a couple of weeks. So I'd say because that the job I was in at the time was pretty still high stressful. Sure. Um, I would easily say that was two weeks. That's amazing. Um, I just, yeah, felt great waking up that morning, getting dressed. Yeah. So you became a believer <laughs> right off, right off the bat. Yeah. Right off the bat. And you know that it's, I love hearing people's stories because it is right in line with, um, the, the science behind these float tanks. Essentially what we, what we believe they do is they activate something called your parasympathetic nervous system. It's essentially your physical physiological relaxation response. I know in, in the military, we talk a lot about the fight or flight response, you know, the one that gets you keyed up and jazzed and ready to, to fight or run. Um, well, this is the opposite to that. And you experienced um, it being activated, you know, full bore, a hundred percent. I mean, um, just like, you know, sometimes people get a massage, they feel that too. They're, they're completely real, relaxed. And the, the big difference is it's relaxation, not just for your body physically, but for your mind as well. And sometimes we'll do things that are physically relaxing for us, but we don't do the same thing for our brains either. We don't give our brain a rest. Um, and that's, that's one thing that I really like about the float tanks is it allows you to do both at the same time. Absolutely. I think it's from flowing that I did learn that it all starts with the mind. Mm -hmm. We got to give that a break so it can work on the rest of us. Absolutely. Um, and that's why to this day I still float. Um, when I was PCS and back out here to Canon, one of the first things I did was where can I find a place to float? Yeah. A, yeah. a quality, uh, a quality place. And I found a place about three hours away and, um, I made it, it's like, it's worth a three hour drive because of what I've found. And since 2016, I just haven't stopped. It's That's awesome. I go about once a month. That's incredible. Well, and I know we were uh, talking about this earlier this week, but, um, we're still working on trying to get those capabilities to all of our different units in the, the 361st. Um, and it, you know, it, it can take a while, but you know, we're hopeful because we've seen the benefits and we've heard these kinds of stories. Uh, we know it's something that, that they're probably plenty of other people who you work with who might benefit from it as well. Um, so we want to make the, we want to try to bring it to you so you don't have to drive three hours there, three hours back to make it happen. It'd be greatly appreciated, but if not, I'll definitely enjoy the, I'll stay the night wherever I'm at and have a good time either way. <laughs> All right. Fantastic. Well, Travis, thank you for talking with us about this, man. Um, I always like to ask some kind of fun off the wall questions of our guests. Please. Um, so if you had a billboard that you could put up anywhere and everywhere, right? What would you want that billboard to say? I would have to say, have fun, enjoy life. You know, I just keep it something simple. Yeah. Because sometimes people are having a rough day and it's just, so just that little something of just a little, little something positive, just hopefully someone will see it and it'll brighten their day. Cause that's what I, that's what I'm really about. I'm all about, I've never really cared too much for, you know, promotion or what, whatever need be. I care about the people. Um, so being able to be here, 
share my experience with floating and hopefully others will give it a chance. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that you piqued, uh, piqued some interest for our listeners. Absolutely. Uh, something they want to go out and try. Absolutely. It's absolutely worth it. Um, I've seen it make a change in my life. I've seen it make a change in others. Um, so just something simple on that billboard is enough to make people say, I am. Let's see how I can get better. And hopefully they'll look at flotation as an option. Awesome. Well, Travis, thank you again for sharing your, your story and for telling us all about you. Um, and thank you for listening to The Pillars, the podcast of the 363rd ISR Wing of the United States Air Force. I'm Dr. Jerry Walker. I'm Travis. And if you uh, guys have any questions, want to learn more about float therapy, please feel free to reach out to your Airman Resilience team on the global and be looking for our coming social media accounts. We'd love to connect with you and talk with you more about uh, how to stay resilient in today's Air Force. Thank you for all you do. Mm-hmm.